0: Today on It's Time. So, how did God harden Pharaoh's heart? One, there is a God. Two, you're not Him. And the more that Pharaoh saw that He wasn't God, the harder his heart got.
1: I hear the
0: calling. It's time. It's time.
1: It's time. Welcome to It's Time. The daily Bible teaching program of Mike Kessler, pastor of the River Christian Fellowship in Twin Falls, Idaho. Today, we're going through the book of Exodus. So turn there in your Bible and follow along with Pastor Mike. This town is blue.
0: If you have your Bible, I'd like to invite you to open them to the book of Exodus chapter 7. Exodus 7, the big confrontation. This is where Moses goes. Before Pharaoh. I always uh, look at this as an interesting picture because God calls all of us as his servants to stand before a very hostile world in our testimony that God has given us. You know, we're saved. We're still here for a reason. And the reason we're here is to be salt and light, Jesus said. And I think that's so important that we realize that, that because of that, we're going to be placed in very hostile environments by that invisible Holy Spirit, not to crush us, but rather for God's power to be demonstrated through our lives. You know, a lot of people have often said, well, why was God such a God of miracles in the Bible? But today we don't see a lot of miracles. I believe personally, friends, it's because we don't live close enough to the edge to need a miracle. But this is one of the things that God does as we're led by the Spirit and as we truly pray what Jesus said, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I believe God's going to use every one of us in very unusual situations where the power of God is at, where the miracles of God are at, to prove not only to the world that Jesus is Lord, but to prove to you that Jesus is Lord. You know, there's not a greater place that will build your faith than to be in the midst of the fire and see the miracles of God. Let's pray. Father, as we go to your word today, we ask you that your Holy Spirit will speak to us and give us that wisdom that comes only from you and remind us, God, just as Moses stood before Pharaoh, so we stand before an un, un, un a wicked world, God. And so we just ask you now that your Holy Spirit would speak through your word, that we would remember these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we remember in chapter uh, 6 that Moses, God spoke to him and he says, now you're going to see what I'm going to do to Pharaoh. Well, I think what's really important is that Moses went to Pharaoh and said, let my people go for three days into the wilderness that they might be able to seek the Lord. And Pharaoh said, oh, well, if they've got all this extra time on their hands to go be seeking God, you're not working hard enough. And so he took away their straw, but their quota of bricks didn't change. Well, the people then got mad at Moses because Moses was the spokesman. And you'll find that quite often that the very person that God will send uh, into a situation like you sometimes will incur the wrath of the family because you begin to disrupt the normal. Now, one of the things you're always going to remember as you study scripture is God disrupts the normal. Why is that? Because people can go and stay in their sin without being challenged. One of the things God uses all of us to do is challenge people. You know, you have a lot of people, sometimes they're your friends or whatever it might be, and and they're going along and they have these different things that they're doing. And well, you know, I've just had a stroke of bad luck in my life right now. No, it's not bad luck. It may be God is speaking to you to repent, get out of the lifestyle you're in so that you in turn can then do What God wants you to do. Well, the problem is, is that they don't like to hear that. They just want to believe this is a storm, it will pass, and it's not really God's dealing with me at all. Well, the truth of the matter is, in the case of Pharaoh, it not only got bad, as we'll find today with the first plague, But consequently, the rest of the plagues added to it as well up to the time of God dealing with Pharaoh, the firstborn of all of Egypt. It is interesting in the plagues, the first two plagues deal with water, the next two plagues deal with the earth, the next five plagues deal with the air, and the last plague deals with man. And so now as we look at chapter 7, oh, and by the way, so God says, go to Pharaoh, and every time Moses responds. Look at verse 12 of chapter six. Moses spoke before the Lord saying, the children of Israel have not heeded me. Then how will Pharaoh heed me? For I am a man of unclean lips. Now, if you want to go up a little, a little bit farther, verse 30, Moses said to the Lord, behold, I'm a man of unclean lips. How will Pharaoh heed me? First of all, I believe that he really had a hard time believing that God would use him. I think this is a problem that all of us need to overcome as well. Why would God use me? Well, because he loves you, first of all. And you're a good illustration of the power of God, especially for those who have known you in your past. As you serve God, they see a difference in you. And even if people don't always know what you were like in your past, they know that You've been with Jesus because of the way you think and the things you do. And so Moses kept telling God, God, you got the wrong guy. I'm a man of unclean lips. Have you ever told that to God? Well, you know, somebody needs to go talk to our... Our grandma, our grandpa, or brother, sister, whatever, uh, you don't need me, you'll find somebody else. God says, no, I want you to go. Why? I don't want to go. <laughs> well, that's a lot of times what it is. Moses, though, I think was a little scared. Because if you remember, he ran for his life from Egypt when he killed the Egyptian guard. And for, for 40 years, on the backside of the wilderness, he was hiding from Pharaoh and, and, and his posse. 40 years, he thought he was a somebody, strolling around, cruising around in the, the, uh, English, the, the Egyptian chariots with, uh, dingle balls and low rider. No, he had, he had all that stuff. He, he was really of somewhat, kills the Egyptian guard, realizes he was found out for 40 years, a backside of the wilderness, believing he was a nothing. Now, we're going to find today for the next 40 years, God shows Moses what he does with no one. And I think this is important for all of us. So the Lord said to Moses, by the way, God will continue to speak to us because he loves us. You know, I I think it's interesting how the Holy Spirit speaks to us. You know, you think about the prodigal son. Jesus gave the story about guy that had two sons, farmer and His younger son came and said, Dad, I want my inheritance. I want my part of the farm. And his father gave it to him. And the Bible says he went out and wasted it on riotous living. The Bible says that it was all gone. He starts eating and feeding the pigs, all these things. The famine came to the land, and he said to himself, my father's servants are treated better than I am living in this pigsty. I'm going to go home. Maybe my dad will just hire me as a servant. And so we remember he came home. His father saw him a long way off. But the point is is this. He came to his senses and said, maybe I should go home. That was the Holy Spirit in his life. I know a lot of people that say, well, boy, I would sure like to, sure like to hear the voice of God. Oh, my beloved son, 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 with reverb, my son, 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 son. But you know, if you are born again here today, you've heard God's voice. You heard the message of the gospel and something inside of you said, This is what you need. This is what you, I don't know how it came to you. But when I heard it, I go, yeah, that makes sense. That's what I need to do. Just like the, like the son in the pigsty saying, I need to return back to my father. You know, a lot of times we make the voice of God very ominous and almost unbelievable to, that God would speak to us. But a lot of times it's just in that still small voice that God does those things. And so God said to Moses, See, I have made you a God to Pharaoh and Aaron your brother shall be your prophet. And by the way, the prophet just simply represents God to the people. So in other words, Aaron's only to do what Moses told him to do. And God was telling Moses what to do. It is interesting that uh, um, Pharaoh viewed Moses as a God. Why is that? Well, I think the authority that Moses came in with, speaking to him, telling him, And the boldness that he had to come back into Egypt again. Now, people a lot of times wonder how he, how he was able to know where to go. Well, he was raised in that palace. He knew where everything was. And so it says here, you shall speak all that I command you and Aaron your brother shall speak to Pharaoh that he must send the children of Israel out of the land. And I will harden Pharaoh's heart and multiply my signs and wonders in the land of Egypt. Right here, he tells you how he's going to harden Pharaoh's heart. Very important. If you like to underline things in your Bible or circle things in your Bible, this is an important verse to circle. Why is that? Because people want to find fault with God. How could God harden Pharaoh's heart and then punish him? Mean God. No, not at all. God repetitively showed him his power. Pharaoh's reaction to that was to harden his heart. Now, if there had been no miracles, there would have been no hardening in Pharaoh's heart. So how did God harden Pharaoh's heart? Well, the old adage. One, there is a God. Two, you're not him. And the more that Pharaoh saw that he wasn't God, the madder he got. The harder his heart got. So... It tells you right here, I'll harden Pharaoh's heart, multiply my signs and wonders in the land of Egypt. That's how he hardened Pharaoh's heart. I think it's really important because, again, people always try to find fault with God. And if you can find fault with the Bible, then you can find fault with the message. And therefore, we can stay in our sins and feel good about it. That's why they were always chiding with Jesus, trying to find something wrong that he did. Because they could discount the messenger. They and then could discount the message. And so he says here, but Pharaoh will not heed you. It's interesting to know that God already says, God, he ain't going to listen to you. Well, then why should I go? Because God's out to accomplish something. Do you know God will use you sometimes in the great white throne judgment to present the gospel to somebody just so on that day when they say, I never heard about the gospel, God will say, roll the tape. And play it where you shared with that person their need for Christ or that they needed to repent. Or these things are happening to you because God is trying to get your attention. All those different things that go on. Well, he says here, Pharaoh will not heed you so that I may lay my hand on Egypt and bring my armies and my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt by great judgment. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I stretch my hand out on the on Egypt and bring the children of Israel from among them. And Moses and Aaron did so just as the Lord commanded. So they did. Moses was eighty years old. Aaron was eighty-three years old when they spoke to Pharaoh. What? I want to retire. Isn't that weird? How did he get into the courtroom? I probably showed him his little park pass that he got. <laughs> got this from AARP. Here he's 80 years old. At the time that, hey, I should be enjoying life, you know. Now God calls him and says, no, you're going to do something great for me. You know, I want to tell, first of all, everybody here, I don't care what age you are, God ain't done with you yet. If there's air in your lungs, God's going to use you for his kingdom. I like that about God. God doesn't retire anybody out. Now, yes, in different times, our ministries may change. God may move us from one place to another. God may move you from one community to another. I I I think it's kind of interesting. I think we've all experienced this. How many people we've talked to that are out of state living in Idaho now? It seems like everybody I talk to is from the C word. And, and, and all of us realize that if you're from the C word, it is the fallen planet. It is something horribly gone wrong there? I read a story this past week where it said that in California now, if you're shoplifting and it's less than a thousand dollars, the police won't even prosecute you. So they showed pictures of people, handfuls of stuff running out of stores like Walmart and these other stores, handfuls of stuff, and they make sure For the first time in their life, they actually use math. They calculate, oh, hey, I'm $999. Hey, make a run for the door. And it says they don't prosecute them. See, we're living in anarchy. And California, for some reason, encourages anarchy as Oregon, as Washington, as we all watch Portland burn over the last few months. All these different things going on. See, the Bible says when sin abounds... Um, there's there's some real problems. Anarchy is everywhere. We'll see again. The thing is, I believe this is all part of moving the world into a one world order. Now, when you look at this, 80 years old for Moses. Moses was not done. You know, a lot of times we feel we're done. God looks at you and says, I ah, ah, can't go for that. You're not done yet. I'm going to still use you in ways that you didn't know. Now, yes, God will adapt us. And you know, you have a lot of years of experience, especially if you're older, that will help other people not make the same mistakes even that you have in your life. I heard it said one time, a wise man learns from other people's mistakes because you can't live long enough to make them all yourself. That's true. And you look around and you see, boy, I, that didn't work. I don't want to do it that way Again. Well, you know, it's funny because I remember sometimes as I was a kid, my dad would say to me, don't do it like that. And I go, how do you know? And he goes, because I did it the way you're doing it don't work. Well, it's true. So it's wise to listen to other people. That's why the Bible is so full of wisdom, because it shows you how man in in his attempt to beat God at the system, how it doesn't work. And so... 80 years old, the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron saying, when Pharaoh speaks to you saying, show me a miracle for yourselves, then you shall say to Aaron, take your rod and cast it before Pharaoh and let it become a serpent. Now it's interesting, this word for serpent here is not the same word that it was a couple of chapters back. When Moses said, how will I know the children of Israel will listen to me when I say I want to deliver them from the hand of Pharaoh? How, how can I prove to them that you're really with me? He says, throw your rod down. It becomes a snake. Now we remember this. This is what he did previously when God spoke to him. And the Bible says Moses jumped back from it because he was scared. But the word for snake there is different than the word for snake here. You say, well, why is that important? Well, this word lends itself to the word crocodile or alligator. Now, what's weird about that is the Egyptians worshipped alligators. In fact, what is really amazing in almost all these plagues, all the things that the Egyptians worshipped were the very thing that bit them. Let's look at this. So he says, Moses and Aaron went into Pharaoh. And as they did so, the Lord commanded, as the Lord commanded, and Aaron cast down the rod before Pharaoh and before his servants, and it became a serpent. But Pharaoh also called his wise men and sorcerers and magicians of Egypt, and they did in like manner with all their enchantments. Now, this right here is pretty weird because I believe that probably... um the whole Egyptian culture was probably, as we look at the papyruses and as you look at all the idolatry that was in Egypt, most likely this was real magic. In fact, the Bible says that the Antichrist is going to mislead the world by signs and lying wonders. And so a lot of people say, well, you know, if I could just see a miracle, then I would know that this is of God. Well, miracles do not, it it indicates that it's supernatural, but just because you see a miracle doesn't prove that it's from God. And this is really important as we look at this here, because the Antichrist is going to use lying wonders as well to mislead the world. And so it says that his magicians did the same thing, basically that um, that Moses did. For every man threw down his rod and became serpents, but Aaron's rod swallowed up their rods. And so you, you got him throwing this down, becomes something maybe an alligator. They throw theirs down, they become alligators, and it's Georgia championship wrestling. They all started eating each other, all going crazy, everything like that. And and you got the and when it's all done, you know, uh, Aaron's alligator goes, and they're all gone. Now notice it says, Pharaoh's heart grew hard, and he did not heed them as the Lord had said. So the Lord said to Moses, Pharaoh's heart is hard. He refuses to let the people go. Go to Pharaoh in the morning when he goes out by the water and you shall stand by the river bank to meet him. And the rod which was in your hand that turned into the serpent, you shall take in your hand and you shall say to him, the Lord God of the Hebrews, has sent me to you, saying, Let my people go, that they may serve me in the wilderness. But indeed, until now, you would not hear. Thus saith the Lord, but this you will know that I am the Lord. Behold, I will strike the waters which are in the river with the rod that it is in, that is in my hand, and it will be turned to blood. And all the fish that are in the river shall die. The river will stink. The Egyptians will loathe to drink the water of the river. Then the Lord spoke to Moses saying, and to Aaron, take your rod, stretch your hand out over the waters over Egypt, over their streams, over their river, over their ponds, over their pools of water, That they may become blood, and shall become blood throughout all the land of Egypt, both the vessels of that are in the the vessels of wood, as well as the vessels of stone. Moses and Aaron did so just as the Lord commanded. By the way, that's where the power of God is always at—to do what God says to do. So he lifted up the rod and struck the waters that were in the river in the sight of Pharaoh, in the sight of the servants, and all that were in the river turned to blood. Now, by the way, you gotta think about this for a minute. He's got his staff, Pharaoh's out there, and is all, you know, he's got his garb on, and everybody's out there doing their thing, and he touches the water, whoosh, turns to blood. Well, it says, even the water that was in the vessels now there 's several religious groups around today, Christian Science and some of these other that uh, kind of like grape nuts, neither Christians nor scientists, neither grapes nor nuts. Uh, but the point is they try to explain away every miracle of the Bible, and they said, well, the reason that pharaoh 's army drowned it in the Red Sea is that Moses knew where to bring the children of Israel to step on the stones to get across the Red Sea. So it just appeared that the water had parted. And so somebody remarked and said, well, then it makes it a bigger miracle that the entire trained Egyptian army drowned in a few inches of water. Well, here again, the red sand on the upper plains of the Nile River washed into the river came down and that's what it made it appear to be blood it wasn't really blood it was just red sand in the water That's what it says it says even the the vessels that they had you know the sparklets bottles you know <laughs> Whoa! blood coming out of their uh, out of every vessel that they had that's what the bible says that was going on here
1: Thanks for joining us on It's Time as Pastor Mike teaches verse-by-verse through the Bible. If you've missed a program or would like to catch up, you can do so by getting it from the It's Time podcast in the iTunes store or by downloading it from the It's Time website at theriverchristianfellowship.com. On behalf of Pastor Mike and the rest of us here at the River Christian Fellowship, thanks for listening.